Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us, we have... Baja Finger Blast. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let me do that again. <laughs> and with us, we have... Um, Taze on Day. <laughs> Elliot, leave both of them in. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want people to be I want people to go oh I can't wait to hear about QAnon this incredibly divisive and upsetting political cult that is taking my grandparents away from me and for you to go Baja finger blasting and Tay Zande and have them go huh is this the right file it's the exact right energy for 4chan I don't know what to tell you oh my god absolutely we are here to talk about QAnon. We have a great episode planned for you. Thank you to everyone who has suggested it. Now you can stop. And for everyone who asked me about uh, continuing our, <laughs> our series on Donald Trump, this is also that too. So two for one, you can stop sending me fucking DMs Yay. about it. <laughs> um, Oh, and for the person who sent me a DM warning me not to get involved with this quote, Taylor Swift, Travis, whatever nonsense, uh, stay tuned all the way to the end because I for Wait, sure get involved. What do you mean not get involved? As if you were going to break them up? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know, man. If I lost, if I lost 20 pounds, I could be the brown Pete Davidson. That's all I'm saying. Here's That's what I'm, all I'm saying. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I feel like... For, for the right, if you caught Taylor Swift at the right moment, any time you could be that that guy for her, and then we'd have a song written about you. I don't, uh, yeah, 100%. It would ruin my career forever. I would yeah, no probably. longer be Armando Torres, Colt Podcast guy, or Rooster Teeth guy. I would be the guy that Taylor Swift sung about having a weird shaped penis. <laughs> John Mayer. Taylor's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I would forever be the guy who was who she sang the song It's Shaped Like a Dinosaur Shaped Chicken Nugget in parentheses Taylor's version about Does it have feet? What? Does it have feet? Like the dino nuggets have feet? That's an inappropriate question to ask no one her page. <laughs> of course, I'm HR if you don't remember. <laughs> of course it has feet. Of course it does. <laughs> Oh, you know, if you put them in an air fryer, they get really crispy. Ooh, I'll have to check that out. Um, we have a great episode for you. Our editor is literally texting me to ask where it is. Uh, so we are going to send it off. Hey, if you want to help support the show, um, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. If you want to listen to another show with me on it, you can listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast available on roosterteeth.com, youtube.com slash at Rooster Teeth podcast or by looking up Rooster Teeth Podcast uh, anywhere you listen to shows. If you want to listen to more shows with Paige on them. You can listen to Horror Virgin, Romancing the Pod, this one. Uh, you can catch me on TikTok and Instagram if you want to see Roast Battle shit. And I'm going to say, without any further ado, why don't we hop into this show? Hello. Hello. Has cheeseburger. <laughs> For the 
purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Salmonello. Yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out that a fully grown six foot five man can be killed by a chicken strip. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know something. I didn't know tendies were going to be the fucking thing to take me down, dude. Oh, yeah. I got salmonella poisoning um, or I got salmonella from food poisoning. I don't know how it works. You got salmonella from from poultry or handling lizards. Yeah, from poultry or handling lizards or from handling lizards and not cleaning my hands after I take a shit. I've learned. Mm, Um, mm -hmm, (laughs) I got salmonella poisoning. Uh, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I thought I was dying. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I could not wake up. I could not form sentences. People were texting me, asking me where I was, and I could not respond appropriately. And uh, you know that meme where somebody sends a block of text and it, you go, I'm not reading all that. Good luck or I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was that. I would just like, people would send big blocks of text and I would just be like, I don't understand. And uh, eventually my uh, friend friend of the show, Griff Milton, um, took me to the emergency room where it was determined mm-hmm. that I had a fever of 105. Uh, Fuck! <laughs> oh, which no. apparently is when brain damage starts to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's real bad. Real bad. Um, yep. And so the emergency room told me that they could uh, give me some medication to lower my fever and that they could give me an IV that would help me with the extreme dehydration and that that would cost me $2,500. Jesus Christ. So what we kind left. What insurance do you have? <laughs> None in Texas, baby. Oh, shit. It's a whole other nightmare I was not aware of. So we left. We left the emergency room. We went to an urgent care, and they said the same thing. And uh, by the way, if anyone ever tells you, we'll give you medication to bring down your fever, they're talking about Tylenol. Yeah, I, I could have told you that. <laughs> I didn't fucking know. I thought a doctor was going to do doctor shit. Instead, the doctor was like, here's the shit you already know about at home. Uh, and I mm-hmm. hope you enjoy this. I don't know. I assume that when a doctor's talking about drugs, they're like, here's cocaine, but it'll make your heart better or something. <laughs> I mean, hey, if this was the 1850s, sure. <laughs> yeah. But instead, no, it's just here's what they told me was you'll pay us over two thousand dollars and I will give you Tylenol and put water inside of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so we did not do that. I went somewhere else. I did that for two hundred dollars. And um, and now I'm feeling much better. It was a horrible experience that I do not wish on anybody because, again, I didn't know that food poisoning could do that. I thought yeah. that it was just like, oh, you throw up a little bit and then blah. But then you told me th- the time that you got salmonella it almost killed you too. Yeah, it almost killed me too. Uh, I did ride mine out at home. Uh, now you and I had to. Re- I reminded you of the time when I had salmonella that I passed out during a recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And, and you and Andrea were like, go home. What is this? Um, but mine, when I had salmonella, I was Googling my symptoms and uh, found a description that I think is a typo, but it says most people with salmonella are afraid that they will live through it. And I think they mean that they won't live through it. But I was like, honestly, living through this abdominal pain does seem not great. Yeah. Uh, and my cat at the time, it was it was still Dennis. This was before Dennis passed away. Uh, he came to cuddle next to me because I think he thought I was dying. <laughs> Uh, and I had a raging fever. It was, I was sick for like a week and a half. It was terrible. It's pretty awful. Speaking of, uh, you know what, speaking of being afraid you're going to live through it, I will say this. (laughs) I had a conversation with another friend of the show, Chris Damaris, uh, where I I was taught, we were talking about like, you know, that feeling when you've been sick for so long that a part of your brain is like, I don't even remember what it's like to be normal anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is all, as far as I'm concerned, I've always had diarrhea and I always will have diarrhea and I don't want to be here anymore. And in (laughs) that case, I understand not wanting to live through it a little bit where you're like, if I vomit one more time, I swear to God, I swear to God. Yeah, I don't. I got mine from Zanku Chicken. What up, L.A. L.A. (laughs) historical landmark. Uh, But what I don't know if you had this, but my the worst part for mine was. The abdominal pain was so severe, I was like crying out in pain. Like I couldn't lay down, I couldn't sit up, I couldn't do anything. It was like I was being repeatedly stabbed. It is one of the worst things I've ever experienced. I would never wish it on any, like I'd take COVID again (laughs) before salmonella. That's what I'm saying. I've never had food poisoning (laughs) so bad when they were like, yeah, it's salmonella. I went, are you sure it's not COVID? Could it be COVID? Could you just give me COVID instead? Uh, Can I trade? (laughs) God, man. Thankfully, I didn't have the abdominal pain or the stabbing. I just couldn't keep food down. Uh, I also, not to get too gross, but I couldn't keep water down. So I had to keep like a, I had to keep like a level balanced intake of fluids so that I wouldn't excrete the fluids before I feel like my body could absorb the fluids. Right. Um, which was a delicate and awful uh, balancing act to pull off mm-hmm. to learn that. It's just like re- it's it's a lot of trial and error um, yeah. and one replaced carpet. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't recommend ever eating at a place called Hop Dottie in Texas. Um, if you're getting the chicken, the burger, phenomenal and probably not going <laughs> to give you uh, salmonella. Ugh, but, I do still recommend Zanku Chicken. Like I know they did me wrong, but they've done me so right every other time. Zanku Chicken and Halal uh, Halal guys in Los Angeles are one and the same for me, which is that I have almost always gotten some form of sick after eating from there. Sure, and I keep going back. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like Chipotle. Yeah, it's it's ex- well. I would it's take, better than Chipotle. It is better than I was gonna say. I would if Chipotle gave me food poisoning five times, I'd be like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. No, Chipotle gives me give me that food poisoning on the regular, and I just refer to it as a cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Chipotle had that whole thing where like E. coli popped out, and they tried to be like, 
it's it's not us. It was the lettuce. <laughs> it, <Yeah>. was, <laughs> it wasn't Chipotle. Chipotle didn't. <laughs> Chipotle doesn't make you shit yourself. Lettuce makes you shit yourself. <laughs> I was like, bro, Chipotle's been making us shit ourselves since Chipotle existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. but Chipotle has a finite amount of it. Zanku chicken's so good that if it gave me diarrhea every time I ate there, I'd be like, "This is just part of Zanku chicken." This, hey, this is part of the experience. In fact, if you want that delicious Lebanese chicken, <laughs> you got to put up with it. In fact, I have told you this before, and I feel like I've said it on the show before. Halal guys, it makes me sick a hundred percent of the time I eat it. Yes, and I factor it into what I'm gonna be yes. doing the next day. I would go, oh, well, tomorrow's work from home. So I'm having a lull, guys, tonight. Armando, I know why they all make you sick, and I can't believe I've never told you this. Oh my God. Halal guys and Zanku chicken marinate their chicken in yogurt. It's dairy. Oh, I know that. But I also, oh, t- okay. I take, I take a, a, a lactate pills. I take all that stuff. It's something, it's, there's something else going on with it's halal It's just too guys. delicious for our bodies to hold on to. I'll tell one last little story. And then I promise, I swear to God, <laughs> we'll start this episode. Armando's been cooped up in his apartment for a week and a half. I know. We had a, an, uh, like a 30 minute conversation. It feels like before we even started recording recording because i am uh desperate for human interaction uh i actually had halal guys on the night that my uncle died oh Um, no no. it was really bad because well actually the halal guys was very good the uncle died as always not as good good. yeah yeah sure although to be fair if we had marinated my uncle in yogurt i think it might have been a little bit better that might have helped so i ordered halal guys I ate the whole all guys. I ate it all up. I'm a big boy. I didn't leave any leftovers. Uh, and then I just kind of prepared for my life to be terrible. Um, <laughs> and the universe delivered in the form of my stepmother calling me and being like, Hey, mijo. So, um, it looks like, you know, your uncle hasn't been doing too good. You know that. And, um, they're saying he might not make it through the night and my stomach started grumbling as if to be like, yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and, uh, my, my family lives about three hours drive away from Los Angeles. Um, and they made the very reasonable request for me to drive out there to see my uncle. And, uh, I agreed because You're like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> well, I, I tried my best. I agreed. I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. I get in the car right away. I call my boss. I'm like, Hey, this is what's going down. My boss is like, cool. Understand it. Go do what you got to do. Uh, I start driving out there. Boom. Immediately hit with bubble guts. <laughs> I stopped at, I think every single Denny's on the way from Los Angeles to Palm Springs, California. So that's that, a lot of Denny's. So that I could take a shit, which is also, here's my free game to you. If you have to use the bathroom on the road, look up a Denny's. They will Denny's. not, they will not ever stop you from pooping. And it is a nicer bathroom than any gas station. I guarantee. So I stopped at every single Denny's along the way so that I could take a shit. Uh, and by the time that I got there, my uncle had passed away. So, oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that, but so I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say is that halal guys stopped me from seeing my uncle before he died. And, and I, you still go. And I still eat a halal guys whenever I am given the opportunity. Also, if you laughed at that story, my uncle would have uh, 100% appreciated that. So, <laughs> 
okay, all right. That's all the right, kind of guy right. he was. He was, he was a, 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 an incredible, very, very funny guy. And with that being said, let's talk about some uh, some other off-color um, things that your relatives might be into. Paige, it's time for us to talk about QAnon. I'm so excited that we made you research this with a fever. <laughs> There's no way that being completely sane and of sound mind would have helped this. No, absolutely not. You are correct in that, like, I did not realize it until you just put it out there, but a good amount of this research was done with a mind-altering fever. <laughs> with, with again, with a fever that was causing brain damage, and I know that now because I was reading some of it, and I went, that makes sense. I can see that. Hell yeah. I mean, what if it is flat? What about the ice wall? No. <laughs> this Q guy's making a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask if, who you believe Q is and we'll compare our answers. Ooh. But remind me to do that at the end of the episode. Okay. All right. Uh, I will do that. Today, we are going to start our dive into uh, QAnon, which will be, weirdly enough, and maybe not so weirdly if you've been paying attention to the news, the conclusion to our series on Donald Trump. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> the cult of MAGA. Yeah. Uh, it's so, you know what? This has been one of our most requested cults and one of our most requested series continuations, all wrapped into one. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Almost every decade in American history, uh, there seems to be a punctuation by a cult that defines the problems of that era. You know, the the, the late 60s had the Manson murders. Uh, which was a group of crazed hippies turned into killers by their charismatic leader. The 70s had the Jonestown Massacre, featuring a preacher with initially good motives who convinced his congregation to do the unthinkable. The 80s had Satanic Panic, the 90s had Waco, and the early aughts had MLM spanning from fucking Avon to Nexium. All right, pretty terrible shit. And now I believe that we are seeing the cult that defines the next era. QAnon. Q's followers believe that a cabal of satanic, cannibalistic child molesters are operating a global sex trafficking ring and that the only person that can stop it is former president and current defendant Donald J. Trump, baby! No, that seems like a really inappropriate air horn. <laughs> Donald J. Trump and the J is for jail. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Donald Jail Trump. <laughs> now, this sounds fucking bonkers, and it is clearly politically motivated. And if you dissect even a small amount of the group's claims, it becomes painfully obvious that the movement is rooted in anti-Semitism, racism, and pretty much every other hateful ism that you could think of. Uh, this is the type of stuff that permeates out from the trenches of the internet that actually spawned the conspiracy theory in the first place. But according to the Pew Research Center, and here's some, the, here's the thing. These facts made me so sad. So I'm going to say, buckle up when you hear this. According to the Pew Research Center, over 47% of Americans have heard of QAnon. That number has gone up because that study was done, I believe, in 2020. It's been three years oh, since no. then. Um, 
but at least 47% of uh, Americans have heard of QAnon. Here's some newer numbers. Roughly 15 to 20% of America believes in at least some part of QAnon's claims. And maybe worst of all, one in four Republicans, that is 25%, believe in Q still. That's crazy too, especially because of, and I'm sure we're about to go through this. Almost everything Q says is proven false. Oh yeah. Every time. Oh yeah. Every single time. Well, every time. Not, not if you're reading between the lines page. See the thing Ooh. with Q that you have to understand uh -huh. is that it's all real. And I'm actually uh, here. Let me get comfortable. I'm here to tell you why we should start believing in Q. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what are you selling? <laughs> this is like flat earth all over again. <laughs> well, you're going to have to boycott a lot of pizza places, apparently. So over... I refuse. <laughs> me too. That's the barrier for entry, too. You lost me. <laughs> over the next few weeks, we are going to dive into QAnon's origins, the reasons why people fall for these buckwild claims, and how they have managed to maybe change uh, the American political landscape forever but before we dive into adrenochrome and the storm we've got to cover where the whole thing started the best and worst website in history 4chan oh i thought it was going to be wiki feed okay 4chan <laughs> nice <laughs> got it now before we dive in uh i have some sources for us we have a founder stories interview with christopher Poole by TechCrunch. we have an article on project channelogy by patrick barkham uh published by the guardian we have an article on the freedom of identity by Kashmir hill uh published by forbes we have another article on project channelogy by ryan single published by Wired. We have countless archived posts from 4chan.org and 4chan.net. Uh, we have the case... And 8chan and 8coon, I assume, uh, at some point? Eventually. Not on this eventually. one, but eventually. Okay. We have the case for anon anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity. Anonymity. That's one of the words I can't say. That and, like, n nuclear. Anemone? Nuclear. 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 That's what I want to say every time. They have nuclear weapons. That's what I want to say every single time. Instead of nuclear. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the wrong way to say it, which is nuclear. Uh, we have the video QAnon, the 21st century's most bizarre conspiracy theory by decoding the unknown. And we finally have the video, the website with no rules by visual venture. So when you think about the people who believe in QAnon, you're probably picturing a certain type of person, like your grandpa that you had to unfriend on Facebook, or your friend who messages you, hey, girly, with the fingernails emoji whenever they want you to join a new MLM. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's Karens, cops, and military cosplay dudes, basically anyone who might own truck nuts. But one of the most surprising parts of the movement is that it actually started in the one place that you'd never think to find any of those people, 4chan. Now, depending on who you ask, 4chan is either one of the best websites to have ever existed, or it is a terrorist organization comprised of racist hackers. And in a weird way, that volatile nature of extreme highs and very dark lows is by design. Now, Paige... What do you know about 4chan? I am familiar with 4chan. Um, I I would say 
4chan is somewhere in the middle of those two. Mm -hmm. I would say that the permissiveness of 4chan has allowed for wild creativity and, uh, you know, stories that wouldn't necessarily get out and discourse that is actually very valuable. But that same permissiveness also permits a lot of bad shit. And there is a very dark, dark side to 4chan that you do not want to accidentally tiptoe onto. Oh, yeah. And uh, we won't be getting into a ton of the dark stuff that you can find, but, like, there's a bunch of stuff with, like, people posting before they commit, like, uh, mass shootings. Um, There was the murderer who posted uh, pictures of his victim, and uh, the tagline, which I believe was, it's harder to strangle people than it looks in the movies. Um, yes. before being mm-hmm. caught for those murders, obviously. Um, but we will be talking about some of that stuff. And I think uh, let's just dive into it. 4chan was launched on October 1st, 2003, by a 15-year-old kid from New York named Christopher Poole. Although even back then, Chris was better known online by his handle, Moot. 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 M-O-O-T. Moot. Back then, in 2003, Moot loved one thing, anime. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he loved watching it, he loved reading about it, and he loved talking about it with his friends on anime subforums like, and this is, this is a direct quote, Anime Death Tentacle Rape Whorehouse. Oh um, my god, holy shit. That's I'm assuming it's whatever is described on the box with that one. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of mystery as to what's going on on that website. Holy shit. Yeah, that seems like uh, one of the reasons why 4chan may have started is because if you wanted to talk to people about anime, one of the best places to go was anime death tentacle rape whorehouse and if i ever had to tell somebody about that in real life i think i would die i, I, I would... like how they don't even abbreviate it they're, they're like they don't even use an acronym no. they're like it's anime death tentacle rape whorehouse yeah well okay let's i'll just say as a, a podcast whose initials are cp i understand mm-hmm. instances where you do not ever want anyone hey There's a reason we type out cult podcast almost every time. Yeah, there's a reason why every time I'm texting somebody, hey, I have to record cult podcast real quick. I'm very clear about my intention. The problem is, is that back then, before there were sites like Facebook and Instagram and Reddit, which gave every topic a community, no matter how obscure, it was actually pretty hard to find places that had fun, engaging conversations about anything that was outside of the mainstream's interest. Like, yeah, sure, anime was obviously very popular in Japan, but the thriving anime-centric image boards, uh, places like Futaba, those were only available to people who spoke Japanese. And unlike now, where your browser will just automatically translate everything into English, Kids like Moot needed to use online translating services like Alta Vista's Babblefish 
to translate. I remember Babblefish. Mm-hmm. They needed to translate stuff line by line. I was talking about this to my mother earlier. And when I said uh, Alta Vista's Babblefish, it was like her eyes rolled back in her head and she was sent f- like flung back into the past. <laughs> in time. <laughs> like she just remembered a whole other life that she had I lived. I remember Babblefish. Also, I remember Alta Vista, which like that's some real old shit. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to look here's I'm giving you a warning now. There's some shit in this episode that sounds like, oh, my God. okay, grandpa. And I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. I get it. But we all talk this way. It was all fucking memes and dumb shit. And uh, Alta Vista's Babblefish. So you're going to feel old listening to this. (laughs) Instead of going line by line using Alta Vista's Babblefish. Uh, Moot decided to translate the entire site. And I mean that literally. Since Futaba was open source, he took the site's code, ran it through AltaVista's Babblefish, and launched his own English counterpart. And even the site's name, 4chan, was a direct reference to Futaba, whose URL is 2chan.net. Ah... Yeah, it was ugly, it was bare bones, and especially by today's standards, it feels fucking ancient, but it worked. 4chan is, 4chan is not like a social media site or a blog or whatever the fuck Pinterest is. Yeah, it's an old message board, yeah. It's an an image board, which is kind of like a virtual bulletin board uh, built on three fundamental principles, uh, allowing people to post things anonymously, allowing them to post things unfiltered and unlike most places on the internet, allowing them to post in a way that is not permanent. And this virtual libertarian dreamland is split up into multiple boards, which are kind of like rooms. And each one is centered around general interests like anime or fitness or politics. Uh, But then there's also boards with more specific topics like My Little Pony or weapons or, and I quote, sexy, beautiful women. (laughs) Or death tentacle rape whorehouses. (laughs) Yes. Well, that was on something awful, which truly lived up to its name of being something incredibly awful. Uh, Users cannot add new boards, meaning there are only a set number of boards that can exist but they can post threads within these boards. And these threads are filled up with comments and there are no accounts. You do not need to use an email. And basically the only barrier for entry is solving what I would say is a slightly above average difficulty captcha challenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. And even then barely above average. You don't even have to give yourself a username. In fact, most posters uh, choose to use the default handle anonymous, including the site's skeleton crew of about 20 moderators. Although moderating isn't really a tough job when the only real rule on your website is to stay generally on topic and to not post anything illegal. That's it. Those are the only two real rules. I, I love that they're like, hey, don't post anything illegal. And then earlier in this episode, we listed many illegal things that had been posted. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think part of that's just volume. Like, 
you've got 20 mods for what I would say is one of the most prolific message boards on the internet. That's nowhere near enough mods. Yeah, there is. Um, we have half as many for our one Facebook group. <laughs> there is, there is some. So the, the part about it, like not being permanent, right. Is uh, the fact that in each board, only 160 threads can exist at a certain time. So even though it is like a pretty, you're right, it's pretty prolific in the amount that people post, it will eventually sort of uh, clear itself out, um, if that makes any sense. Also, this is something that I just remembered that I completely forgot about. Um, there are actually other rules, uh, but they are informal mm -hmm. and not actually real. And they are, uh, another <laughs> thing that started on 4chan, which is the rules of the internet. Um, and they can, they have some, you know, they have some, some things that you might not have heard of, like, um, rule, oh God. This is where rule 34 comes from. Yes. Yeah. Rule 34 yeah. is the one that everybody knows. If it exists, there is porn of it. Um, rule 35. If there isn't porn of it, there will be. Um, yes. <laughs> and then you have some real stupid fucking ones. Like uh, I, I can't remember which. Oh, rule 61. Chuck Norris is the exception. No exceptions, which is just such a dated fucking. Very dated. Ugh. Yes. And then you have stuff like rule zero. Don't fuck with cats, which is good, honestly. Well, and, and that goes on to be the name of the documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, which covers, um, uh, what's his last name? Luca Magnata, uh, who posted a lot of his murders and stuff on 4chan. Like, mm -hmm. he was up in the boards. So, yeah. So, as I said, only about 160 threads can exist at, on any board at a time. The boards are sorted by latest activity, which means that every post and every comment is given the exact same weight when it comes to getting to the quote-unquote front page. There is no algorithm. There is no your account. According to Moot, it is online discussion ruled by survival of the fittest. And when the site launched in 2003, it only had one board named B, the letter B as in board. Uh, <laughs> and its designated topic was anime slash random. And I cannot stress this enough. The entire website was run by a singular 15-year-old boy. And against all of the odds, the <laughs> website was a massive success almost immediately. 4chan's name spread within like other obscure subforums. Uh, I assume also... Well, I have to read it every time because my brain blocks it out. Anime Death Tentacle Rape Whorehouse. <laughs> um, and it also spread through a bunch of, like, you know, anime conventions through word of mouth. And it's obvious why it worked because people love to talk about niche shit, okay? I mean, take you. And I don't mean Paige. I mean you, the listener, right now. <laughs> you are listening to me talk about the history of 4chan on a podcast about cults that has its own specific Facebook group for people who love our show and knitting. And people post there, like, a lot. Like, yeah. all the time. <laughs> I Well, and somebody posted it in the main group, and I think somebody posted it in, in Horror Virgin, too. So I had to approve something like 70 ads to that group because I'm the only mod. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, we're all we're all crocheting. It's crochet season. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after just four months of being around, 2004, the year, hit 4chan and Moot like a huge bag of obvious repercussions. It turns out that one of their new, mostly unmoderated boards had become a hub for pedophiles to share child pornography. The bad no kind surprises. of CP that isn't cult podcast. Yeah, the horrible CP. <laughs> uh, and if you're wondering, oh shit, I wonder what topic they used to sneak in their crimes. It was a board called L, which was centered around Lollicon, which is a genre of fiction in which extremely young yeah. girls appear in romantic or sexual situations. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lolicon is a tricky one because Lolita stuff spans so many different pieces. Like there's the, the fiction, which is very disturbing to me, but then there's also like Lolita fashion where it's like dresses that look doll like and things that I'm just like all of it uh, troubling. Yeah. It, 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 it like hits a part of my brain. That's like, that's wrong. That's really unsettling yeah. and not great. Um, after being hit with threats of legal action, GoDaddy pulled the domain 4chan.net and the site was forced to relaunch as 4chan.org. But even the rebrand didn't stop the site from succeeding. Um, and again, succeeding is uh, a relative term. It got a lot of viewers. And the problem is hosting that many people meant paying some real fucking cash, which is the kind of cash that a 15 year old boy does not really does not have, have access to. Yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, by the way, just as an aside, one of the, my favorite lines from The Bear is the episode in which John Mulaney is a guest. And they ask him, hey, do you have $500? And he goes, do I have access to $500? I'm a 35-year-old man. Of course I have access to $500. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but if you had asked me if I was 15, do you have access to $500? No, that's so much no. money. I don't even know if my parents have $500. One time my dad gave me $20 and I was the richest kid who ever lived. <laughs> By spring of 2004, Moot had resorted to asking 4chan's users for donations. But in June of the same year, those donations were frozen by PayPal after they received complaints about the types of posts that were being shared on the website. With no donations, no funds, and no way that advertisers would come near your website with a 10-foot dick pill ad, things looked bleak. And despite calling 4chan a, quote, monetary black hole and saying that it had, quote, ceased to be fun and never was rewarding to begin with, <laughs> Moot kept running the site for 12 years and That's crazy. Until he sold it in 2015 to the creator of the confusingly named Two Channel, a message board that is in no way related to Two Chan, the image board from earlier. Um, as we'll get into in this story, there's a lot of chans. There's Two Chan, Four Chan, <laughs> Eight Chan, and then all of their like weird derivatives. It is very confusing. But why would you stick out something for 12 years? Why would you sink countless dollars into a place for assholes on the internet to ship posts? <laughs> this is another moment where I feel like I'm going to sound like such an old man. Um, 
He did it for the lols. <laughs> that resonate. I I understand. Yes. It, we did a lot of foolish things for the lols back in the day. Yeah. Moot has often been described as the anti-Mark Zuckerberg. And it makes a lot of sense. They're both tech-savvy dropouts that built uh, different kinds of successful online social communities. And yeah, it's really easy for people to call 4chan a cesspool, especially when it's a fucking cesspool. But I want you to remember that Facebook was originally a way for students at Harvard to decide whether or not they'd fuck other students at Harvard. (laughs) But Moot and Zuck differ on one big fundamental idea identity. Zuckerberg and Facebook have pushed hard for what they call transparency, which is tying your real life identity to the things that you do online. That Facebook page that you made back in middle school, well now that is your key to being able to listen to music on Spotify or join a dating app or do pretty much anything else online. But according to Moot, Sites like Facebook turn identity into an issue of black and white. They force users to be the same person online, offline, at home, at work, pretty much everywhere. In his TED Talk, Moot explained, quote, We all have multiple identities. It's part of being human. Identity is prismatic. Facebook would have you believe that you are a mirror, that there is one reflection of you, one idea of self. In reality, we're more like diamonds. You can look at people from any angle and see something different, but they're still the same person. End quote. The truth is, is that uh, this is an extremely complicated issue, and I think that the truth lies somewhere in between. Like, um, I don't, I don't love the fact that if you Google Armando Torres, you can find my career and my projects just as easily as you can find a story about the time that I shit my pants outside of a liquor store. Uh, That's kind of on you though. Yeah, it is. It is. It is in a way. Um, I guess I shouldn't have shit in front of a liquor store. But, But having full anonymity can also remove the consequences from your actions. Uh, Like knowing that you can do or say anything and it can't easily be traced back to your real world persona means that the shitty things you say, the words that you use and the choices that you make won't really affect you. And that sucks in a whole different way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the reason that I bring this up isn't to have a debate. It's weirdly to talk about the humor of 4chan. Because if you've ever visited the website, then you know that people toss around the N-word and the R-word and the F-word and pretty much every other letter of the alphabet plus word um, that you can think of. It is a place where they say misogynistic shit, anti-Semitic shit, and talk about some pretty disgusting shit in general. And for most users, it is a joke. And I'm not trying to justify the use of like shock humor or racist humor or any of that stuff. But I do want to make it clear that almost everything that 4chan and its users do and have done is for the lols, uh, for lack of a better term. Everything is soaked in four layers of irony and none of it is meant to be taken seriously. And when people who are not in on that joke see it and get offended, that is not only part of the joke, it is the punchline to that joke. 
it is the thing of it's like ha 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 they don't know i'm pretending to be stupid it's that now they just it's edgelord bullshit yeah is what it is it's a hundred percent what it is and again i'm not excusing it i am trying to explain that all of this stuff was crafted to be sort of like uh an offensive persona um that if you saw it you would be like what the fuck what do these what do these assholes believe and the joke is ha 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 you just thought i believed that the problem is is that if i'm not in on the joke i do think you genuinely believe that stuff and and it's not that funny <laughs> it truly isn't i do also want to remind everybody 2003 is the time period that we're kind of at generally speaking um or the early 2000s i guess my point is, is that like, it doesn't make it okay, but it does, it, it was what everyone was trying to fucking do back then. And that sucks. And I'm glad that that part of it is, is fucking over. But another huge problem with this stuff is that, um, if I see it and I don't get it and I agree with it, yep. then I, yep. I'm no longer aware that it is a joke. And when I say it, you're no longer aware that I'm not joking. Right. And that creates a whole other list of problems that I guarantee you we will get into both later in this episode and later in this series. <laughs> <laughs> so think of it like a website where your intrusive thoughts can run rampant. Like um like how every time I see a cop I uh and I look at their service weapon and my mouth starts to water. Um it's like that. I haven't You just want to grab it? Yeah, I just want to fucking go, eh, give me that. Um I haven't actually grabbed one yet, but I <laughs> <laughs> I will still tweet about it every time that it happens. My point is that none of this is supposed to be taken seriously. Or, at the very least, that is not how it was intended to go. But again, we'll touch on that more as we go. That's the problem. Intentions are not reality, mm -hmm. right? Like, you can hurt people without intending to. It does not change that you hurt people, right? And that's something to, important to remember, because, like, even if I have the best intentions and it still goes wrong, it didn't change that it went wrong because I didn't want it to, right? <laughs> yeah, like when I started appearing on Rooster Teeth stuff, I would do some pretty dumb things. Like I used to, on camera, ask everyone to join hands with me in prayer before we would remember. <laughs> start stuff. And then I would get comments about people being like, I don't like that Armando likes to push his religion on everyone. <laughs> And I had to be like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Well, but that was something that started on Cult Podcast a little bit, yeah. where we would do it as a joke, and we were in on the joke, but if you weren't familiar, we weren't in on the joke, and then it appears differently. That's like all the people who think that Mikey is right-wing on horror version. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, no, dude. Again. <laughs> like, could not be further from the truth. I don't even, th I, uh, I'm not, we're not saying this stuff to defend it because the stuff that we're doing isn't even the same shit. Like, it's not, right. it's not at all, but it's, but it's similar to like, there have been times in, in content that I have been on where I have advocated for stuff like being pro drunk driving, which in my mind is so clearly satirical in that the joke is if I said this horrible thing, obviously i am not advocating it i'm talking about how stupid it is by taking the other side's arguments which aren't really any there are no good arguments for drunk driving other than 
helps me keep the buzz going. You know? Like, yeah, like, hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Come, come on. on. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, it's, but when you take it seriously, which again, people have done with, <laughs> oh, yeah. With people telling me that it is not okay that I advocated for drunk driving. And it's like, my guy. Okay. Anyway, despite its reputation, 4chan is actually one of, if not the, most influential websites in terms of defining internet culture or what we know as internet culture because for decades it has been referred to as a meme factory it is an inside joke on the internet that all of the dankest memes come from the trenches of the cesspool that is 4chan but the truth is almost everything that we think of as a quote-unquote meme originates from 4chan from the classic meme format to the popularization of oh so random videos to even the widespread art if you could call it that of uh internet trolling all of it spawns from the disgusting and fertile seed of 4chan itself <laughs> lol cats which were funny pictures of cats with goofy text on top you probably remember a bunch of these uh, i can has cheeseburger yeah that is exactly correct i can has cheeseburger i ride invisible bike a cat wearing big goofy shoes going, this how stupid you look. Those are all lol cats. They were funny pictures of no cats. No talk me, I angie yeah, is my favorite. Exactly. They were <laughs> funny pictures of cats with goofy text on top. It was a 4chan trend that actually jump-started the classic meme image format. I'm talking of any image you see with like the white text with jokes over Impact it. Impact font. Exactly. That yeah, it's a specific font. Yeah. That owes its very existence to the idiots that were on the anime slash random board of B. And then there are videos like Chocolate Rain, a strange song about institutional racism. Tays on day, yes. With lyrics like Chocolate Rain, some stay some dry <laughs> while others feel the pain. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. A baby born will die before the sin. Chocolate yeah, oh, it's rain. A, it's a wild song if you listen to the whole. It, you're just like, wow, this actually has some points to it. But it would be posted right next to Samwell's What What in the Butt. And, and, it, and they had equal merit. Yep. Because that's what the internet was at the time. These are these are the these are the lines that are my favorite because once you read them, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know how I didn't ever see that it was about racism. He tried to tell us. Every time they interviewed him, he tried to tell us. Here's people. the thing. Just listen to these lines. You don't need to be told chocolate rain. Raised your neighborhood insurance rates. Chocolate rain makes us happy living in a gate. It's like, it is so clearly. It, it covers redlining. Yeah. It covers, like, it is a deep, deep song that we are all like, isn't that guy's voice weird? It doesn't match his face. <laughs> his voice so funny. Chocolate, Chocolate rain. rain. <laughs> 4chan and its users boosted the video's numbers. Uh, and before long, the smooth, buttery tones of Tay Zande were pretty much unavoidable. Uh, and I just, I mean, just take it from the man directly. Here's a direct quote from Tay Zande himself. Quote, I'm pretty sure the attention started as a joke on 4chan. I don't know what causes people to listen to my music. If I could speak to it, there'd be no reason to write songs. End quote. All right. I, I feel like he has taken it like 
comparatively with other people who have gone viral since, I feel like Tazon Day has stayed the most grounded and down to earth. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. He he rides the line between like, no, this is a serious thing that I did. This was a serious right. like thing that yeah. I did. But also, yeah, I sound goofy and it's a goofy song, so it probably started as a joke, but then people listen to it and I think that's pretty cool. Hey, people wouldn't have listened to it otherwise, and maybe he reached somebody. I, you never know. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Tezande, one of the philosophical minds of our generation. All right? It's, he's one of the greats. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue he's with you. one of you. the greats. Chocolate rain. <laughs> but perhaps uh, the most famous example that the site has given us is the classic Rick Roll. Uh, now, if you are somehow too young to remember... Uh, the there was an entire era of the internet where any time somebody sent you a link, there was a fucking 50-50 chance that it would just be to Rick Astley's never gonna give you up. Now, I will reveal a little bit of something about my childhood. My mother mm -hmm. loves Rick Astley. Ooh. And so we listened to it a lot as kids. And so when that first started, I was like, Why'd they send me this Rick Astley video? I mean, I'm happy to listen to it. It slaps. But why? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was everywhere. And now that's what he's famous for. Instead of the songs that he did back in the day that he was originally famous for. Who also has been pretty chill about it, actually. Is also like a, <laughs> yeah. a Tezande type where he was like, uh, I actually wrote Never Gonna Give You Up uh, to describe America's relationship with racism. Uh, because it is never gonna give it up. Uh, yeah. that's we're no strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do and I. So do I. And he means like uh the like sundown rules. It's fucked up. It's a fucked up song. Look at the lyrics. It's, it's real fucked up. He's got other songs. They are all good, by the way. <laughs> Here, I would say every Rick Astley song I've ever heard is fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm just gonna say it. Rick Astley, one of the greatest philosophical minds of our generation. In March of 2007, the video game publisher Rockstar posted a trailer for their new highly anticipated game, Grand Theft Auto 4. Unfortunately, they had underestimated just how highly anticipated the game was, <laughs> and so many people flooded onto their site that it crashed the servers. And as people rushed to find it elsewhere, a 4chan user posted an innocuous YouTube link claiming that it was a re-upload. However, it was actually the music video for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. That was the first Rick role. Uh, I wish they had also looped in together forever because that's also a great Rick Astley mm -hmm. song, but it's always never going to give you up. It's always never going to give you up. It's, uh, yeah, they, I have some other information here that I didn't even put in the episode. I often wondered why they called it uh, Rick Rolling, like where the rolling came mm -hmm. from. It's because sometime in 2006, Moot, who also loved playing practical jokes, uh, implemented a word switch out program so anytime you type the word egg on 4chan it would be switched to the word duck and oh. there was a, a user who made a post about egg rolls and it showed up as duck, duck roll, roll and somebody made a photoshop of a duck with tires on it and called it duck <laughs> roll and so then it became known as duck rolling. And so when the Rick Astley version started, 
Rick Rolling. Rick Rolling. So okay. that's where Rick Roll comes from. It comes from that stupid fucking thing. Also, I found out that the reason he picked it is because the guy, the user, they actually know mm-hmm. who it is. It's a it's a guy named Amazing. It's a guy named Sean, by the way. It's and I'm sure he just like lives in a house somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like a completely anonymous life. He's just like a completely normal dude who like completely changed the trajectory of Rick of Astley's... both Rick Astley and our lives. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they asked him, like, why did you choose Rick Ashley's never going to give you up? And he was like, oh, I went to one of those websites that was like, what is the most popular song from the year you were born? And never going to give you up was the most popular song. (laughs) So I just picked it. He must have been born. We must be similar in age, I I would imagine. I think so. I'm not not joking. It's like he was like, yeah, I heard the song. I really liked the song. So I, I was just, you know. Pick the song, whatever. And then again. I think mine is Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, which I think would have also worked, by the way. Like, I think the key is for it to be catchy. Song, January 1996. Let's see. It is How Do You Want It by Tupac Shakur. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, November 1987 uh, is I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. What? I think we're alone now. That doesn't seem to be anyone around. But do you know what the number five song was? Ooh, hit me with it. Never gonna give you, you up. up. Never, Never gonna, gonna let you, you down. down. Now, the number two song was I've Had the Time of My Life from the Dirty Dancing <laughs> film. Okay. That song rocks. And I, I unironically listen to it even now, today, all the time. It's a great song. I listen. It is one of my most played, I think. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it wasn't long before everyone, including my own grandmother, was sending friends and their grandsons links to important shit that would instead play the heartbreaking lyrics of Rick Astley or the inspirational lyrics if you're an optimist. Um, mm-hmm. But all of these jokes and all of these memes have one very important thing in common. The public didn't find out about them from 4chan directly because, like, sure, the reason that people found out about Rick Rolling was because someone from 4chan probably Rick Rolled a coworker, and the prank is so easy that anyone can do it. It is repeatable. Yeah. Again, I, that's not even a bit. My grandmother has Rick Rolled me in my lifetime. <laughs> that sucks. That is a sucky fact. Videos like Chocolate Rain, they got a boost from 4chan, but they're all hosted on YouTube, which means that anyone who found them funny could very easily send them to anyone else. Even Lolcats, the father of the modern meme, they were only popularized in the mainstream when they were taken off site and turned into I can has cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Which yep. uh, again is another site that my grandmother knew about. My grandmother, by the way, surprisingly online literate and was the person who showed me I can has cheeseburger, Rick Rolling, and fucking Homestar Runner. All right? Like Oh god, I fucking love Homestar Runner. Now, here's my question. Did she also like nowadays how is her meme consumption concerning minions? Because like I feel like that's my barometer for how internet literate people are. Is if they're truly internet literate, not a minion in sight. If they are my grandmother who gets fooled by any door-to-door salesman, uh, memes with minions galore. Memes with minions and Jesus. Like memes with minions and Trump. All minions, all the time. And if you're like, hey, have you ever seen Despicable Me? They're like, what is that? <laughs> no, I just saw this Jesus loving little guy. 
I like these little, this fun little guys. He's just a little yellow guy. Um, no, my grandmother does not post any minion stuff. And in fact, I just went over to her Facebook page. The last thing that she posted was several pictures of her cat. Um, Oh, love this. So basically yes. just is doing I can has cheeseburger in the modern era. She also. Uh, I, I call it organic cheeseburger. <laughs> God damn it. I can has, <laughs> I can has lettuce wrap. <laughs> I can has lettuce wrap. My, I want to be clear. Like my grandmother was like a teacher of computers. All right. Like she's a very, very computer literate person. Also. Is just I don't know I I, I I don't I feel like I never talk about this. My grandmother used to run an indie music blog with my mother. Like I remember this. They they are some of the most in tune people I've ever heard of. My mother has like a radio head tattoo. Uh, my grandmother is constantly finding the weirdest shit that I've ever heard of in my entire life, like musically speaking. And then it just blows up like six months later. And I'm just like, damn, grandma, send me a recommendation so I can see <laughs> cool. Um, but there is there is one kind of meme uh, that can never be separated from 4chan. One that owes everything from its name to its origins to the site. And I am talking, of course, about the infamous hacker collective known as Anonymous. That's right, the thing that terrified your grandfather in 2009 and skyrocketed the sale of V for Vendetta merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I knew a guy uh, who was an, in a, anonymous at one point, or at least claimed to be. You could never really verify. Yeah. That is, but, uh, yeah. I remember that uh, when, I, when, I, when I went to high school, I got to meet some of the IT people uh, that worked like for the district. And uh, mm. I was really into, again, 4chan, anonymous hacking, memes, all the stupid dumb shit. Uh, and he made a reference that was like one of the like things that Anonymous was doing. And I thought he was the coolest guy for my entire <laughs> childhood. And then I found out everyone is fucking anonymous. Here's the thing. For almost yeah. all of 4chan's existence, the default username for anyone posting on the site has been the moniker Anonymous. And because everyone shares the same handle with no other identifying information, you can choose to use a different username. Most people do not, including, again, the founder and the moderators of the site. But because they all share the same anonymous handle with no other identifying information about who posted what, it quickly became a running joke that all of these comments and all of these threads were posted by one person who called themselves anonymous. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but for some people, it didn't feel like a joke. And as far back as 2003, 4chan and its users would band together for a unique form of trolling called raiding. And this could mean anything from crashing the servers of far-right political commentators like Hal Turner, forcing the famous Holocaust denier to pay thousands of dollars in bandwidth bills, which is cool. Um, yes, to causing the swastika to appear at the top of Google's hot trends list, which is uncool, I would say. I We still see this today in different ways. Like, I think TikTok is the new one where, like, if you remember from um, Trump's, like, campaign speeches for the last 
election mm -hmm. where TikTokers bought out all the seats and then didn't show oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was like a specific move that they did. So this is very much just a piece of the culture of the internet that I think really gets its start here, but still exists to this Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Honestly, too, those are just two examples. Here's some other ones. In, <laughs> oh, no. in 2008, a 4chan user hacked the private Yahoo email account of vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin, posting the password on B. Later that year, uh, users boosted a fake story on CNN's iReport claiming that Steve Jobs had died of a heart attack, which caused Apple's very real-world stock prices to plummet. In 2009, they manipulated Time Magazine's most influential person poll, voting in their founder, Christopher Moot Poole, who beat out other contenders like Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey. Uh, but to their credit, Time Magazine did actually award him with the title while also adding in the article that their cybersecurity team had to stop multiple attempts to hack the vote. Amazing. In 2012, 4chan users attacked a Mountain Dew naming contest called Dub the Dew. Causing, I remember that contest! Fuck. Causing the leaderboard to be filled with suggestions like diabetes or gushing granny. Ugh. Oh, oh, no! Or the very popular, quote, Hitler did nothing wrong flavor. Oh, God. That's horrendous. That's so terrible. Like, here's what's terrible. I know that it's a joke, and there's a part of me that does find that that level of they would never call it this funny but also what a horrendous thing to say yeah. that is very terrible this... to to the people who would not be thinking would not realize that that was a fake suggestion horrific. That, horrific and that's kind of the that's kind of the the bit here is, that we were talking about earlier is like the reason it's so funny is cuz it's like how did mountain dew not know this would happen <laughs> But that's this is where Bodie McBoatface comes yeah. from and stuff where it's like anytime they wanted to name anything, this happens. A hundred percent. And to these other websites and companies and even the occasional politician, it did not feel like a joke. It feels a lot like their Internet presence and sometimes even their financial situation was under attack by one united front that called itself anonymous. And to most people, it felt like online anarchy and targeted chaos. In fact, one of the first ever news reports on Anonymous and 4chan was a Los Angeles Fox station, KTTV, which called the group, and these are all quotes, hackers on steroids, domestic <laughs> terrorists, and an internet hate machine. Um, but here's the thing. That was the first news story on the group. That was way back in 2006. Now let's jump forward six years to 2012 when Time Magazine named Anonymous as one of their top 100 most influential people. And unlike with Moot, there was no vote manipulation because for all the terrible, stupid shit that Anonymous has pulled, that 4chan has pulled, they have also been one of the most prolific and powerful hacktivist collectives of all time. In 2008, Gawker posted a video of Tom Cruise praising Scientology and then found themselves at the bad end of a cease and desist letter. 
In retaliation, Anonymous began raiding the church's servers, shutting them down, but also filled up their phone lines with prank calls and even sent all black faxes designed to waste their ink cartridges. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So the, I will bring this up now. So 2008, I was in college and uh, one of my best friends was dating a guy at the time who claimed to be part of Anonymous and was very, very invested in this campaign against Scientology, where he was one of the people who was prank calling and would actively just show up in front of the Church of Scientology because sometimes they would just like show up at their buildings and be like, what? We know who you are. And they all did it in masks. And it was uh, he was super into it. Yeah. Like and he was back home in the Bay. Right. So like he would drive down. <laughs> to do stuff but he was so into it and had the mask everything it was it's wild to think of this now and to like look back on it as like an important point of history and at the time we were just like yeah he's into this weird thing i mean like i know scientology is weird but like calm down dude yeah they were <laughs> and now now they were on crazy. the fucking front lines of fighting this front shit lines front lines i wish i had talked to him more about it at the time <laughs> well, i just didn't think it was that important hold on. the thing here uh here's a double-edged sword is because while what he was doing was important i bet all of those people are fucking insufferable to talk to <laughs> he he was a very nice guy um but he could be very <laughs> into those things and we at the time did not really know yeah he, we it, there was not a lot of we did not have that level of media literacy around the things that he was interested in. And so to us, it was kind of like, he seems kind of weirdly extreme about it. Yeah, I, I would say that, oh, really quick, uh, to, to, to button this point, I guess, is that the protests eventually did lead to real-life rallies being held outside of prominent Scientology centers across the world, yep. which I think is Absolutely. fucking incredible. One of the things that I will say about people that are in anonymous is that it is very similar to people that are in the military in that I feel like the people who don't really talk about it are the people who do a lot of stuff for it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then the mm -hmm. people who are constantly like, I'm in the military, I'm in anonymous. Right. It's like, okay, yeah. so you made a phone call to a place. I get it. We we have a mutual friend that I'm pretty sure is in anonymous, but would never admit yeah. to it and has never said anything about what? it. But I, I like I feel like if we poked him enough, we'd be like, hey, hey, he'd be like, OK, sometimes. Yeah, and the thing is, is like I was technically the thing like because it's so loose, I was technically also an anonymous because when they were doing some of this shit, I was like, hell, yeah, I'll sign up my mom's computer to be used in a TDOS attack. Fuck yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're, uh, I'm, which by the way, I'm very sorry, mom. We could have apparently been facing serious legal action uh, that I have learned <laughs> since reading this. <laughs> uh, but they did other stuff too. In 2009, uh, Anonymous partnered with the Pirate Bay, which was a, I hate to say this, which was a prominent torrenting site. R.I.P. God. They partnered with the Pirate Bay to create the Iranian Green Movement, a method that allowed Iranians to share information with the outside world about the country's rigged elections, the widespread riots because of them, and the government's attempts to keep the whole thing under wraps. In 2010, Anonymous launched a massive cyber attack on companies that were working to take down WikiLeaks, an online publisher that posted serious violations of human rights and civil liberties. 
Uh, and these attacks actually briefly brought down MasterCard and Visa's websites in December of 2010, which I even for a day is insane. That is a yeah, massive huge. blow. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. My point is that there is precedence for 4chan having a conscience and extending the shitposting into the real world in order to make a real difference. The, uh, just as much as there is a strong history of 4chan doing shit like um, making the Cutting for Bieber campaign, which was aimed at convincing news stations that fans of Justin Bieber were self-harming to show their love for the superstar. And that line, the line between genuine activism, where you want to make the world a better place because you actually have a secret about how terrible the world is. Like, remember that you were talking about this guy that you knew who talked about how Scientology mm -hmm. was bad. Now we're like, yeah, why the fuck weren't we listening to that guy? Right. And unfortunately, he has since passed. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you off my sure. I don't want to blow up other people's spots or whatever, but he, he has since passed. And by the time that happened, I legitimately was like, I should have talked to him more about yeah. not just that, but like other things, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, you have yeah. people like that are understanding like, hey, did you know that there is a fucking coup happening in Iran right now? And people didn't because they literally can't get the information out. This information is being shared on 4chan vis-a-vis -vis fucking uh, uh, the Pirate Bay. You have people finding out about Scientology being really fucking terrible beforehand. You have mm -hmm. uh, um, people talking about WikiLeaks fucking WikiLeaks and uh, Julian Assange and like all this shit that the normal mainstream America isn't hearing about that is fucking awful. And then on the other hand, you have the time that a bunch of 4chan users went to a, a virtual hotel game called uh, Habo Hotel and dressed up as black people in a big afro with suits and said pools closed due to AIDS. Um, oh, yikes. That's the Plus line. Plus Pepe the Frog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that whole fucking... You have this line between genuine activism and shitposting, and it would be tested starting on October 28th, 2017, in a board called Poll. The thread that would possibly change American history forever was simply titled Calm Before the Storm. And something was different about this post, because the poster chose not to use the classic anonymous handle. Instead, they called themselves Q Clearance Patriot. And that is where we will pick up next time on the next episode of our series on QAnon. <laughs> so I retract my earlier statement. I'm not going to ask you who you think Q is now. I'm going to ask you when we get to like multiple episodes from now yeah. or however many episodes from now. Yeah. Because I feel like it's going to take that long. Um. But and it's it's here's here is the downside, folks, is that we cannot factually tell you who Q is. Mm. Um, but we boy howdy, do we have a lot of contenders? There's a lot of contenders. I feel like for me, there's one very likely contender yeah. that seems the most likely and also seems to fit in when because Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we'll probably get to this later. Official Q posts have kind of stopped, and now it's everyone else has taken up the torch. 
I think the official Q posts, we can very clearly link to one guy, potentially, and then it's unclear as to whether or not he has continued. I think that uh, it's probably a toss-up between two people, but the mm. one guy is the most... I mean, yeah, I would agree with you 100% on what you just said. I'm just also, again, I want to remind you that I researched who is Q while I had 103 fever <laughs> and was like, is Brad Pitt? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Once upon a time in QAnon, this is a wild story I'm watching right now. <laughs> Brad Pitt just Mark wanted... Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Okay, now hold on. Now that one's not a joke, and you fucking know it. (laughs) Yes, John uh, F. Kennedy Jr. (laughs) Okay, he comes up. He comes up more times than you'd ever think he anyone would come up. The people they latch onto are so wild to me. I don't understand. It becomes so. This is the thing that I am still mulling over in my brain, where it's like, is it a bit? Is it all a fucking bit? And also, I'm sure that some of the things, like some of the Q drops, who are, because again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I don't, the, it's important to know that factually speaking, like outside of what the story of QAnon is, it is very clear that it is not just one person posting everything that mm-hmm. people would assume to be Q drops, which right. means it's very likely that some of them are jokes from people yes. that, who are not even involved in it. And I, and I don't know. It, we'll, we'll get into it again. I feel like I said that phrase a thousand times. This is such an interesting story. And I did not think I would ever have a reason to research 4chan for an episode <laughs> of this show. So I, I guess at the very least, thank you to Q for picking the best venue to do this shit on so that I could relive all of the awful things that I did on the internet with my time as a child. Um, God, Jesus Christ. Well, we will get into all of this information um, in the future, and that is the last time I'll say it this episode. And uh, yeah, wow, damn. Whew. If you want to find me, I will be sitting back, relaxing, kicking it all cool um, uh, in my house, not going anywhere, not talking to anybody, not doing anything, um, and deeply researching every single thing that I read on the internet and to its connections to the uh, the pedophile empire built by the Clinton family. <laughs> um, Follow the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but on the rare chance that I do leave my house and go out, um, I will be posting all of the shows that I have on uh, Instagram, which is at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. And that same handle can be found on TikTok, uh, Twitter, um, I guess threads too, but I don't really do anything there. Um, and of course Twitch and Hey, if you think I'm funny and you think the things I say are funny and you want more funny things that aren't also talking about fucking QAnon and shit that might bum you out a little bit, uh, I would recommend the RT podcast or, uh, RTP, the rooster teeth podcast. It goes by many names and all of them are funny. I hope. And, uh, yeah, go check that out on roosterteeth.com or on youtube.com slash at roosterteeth podcast. That is the at symbol 
Rooster Teeth Podcast, or find it wherever you listen to audio podcasts. It's very, very, very simple to find. You can find it in so many places. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who came out to the show that I had on Saturday, because again, I need to stress this. I was not sick. I was no longer salmonella contagious. Everything was fine with my body. And Saturday was the first time that I went out and there were so many people there. And I met, <laughs> sh- I met so many people who were like, I'm a huge fan of cult podcasts. And I just wanted to come say hello. And that was the nicest thing that could happen. That's so great. After being locked up for so long. Um, so thank you to all of you for coming out. I love you. I appreciate you. I need you. Stay safe. Good night. Good luck. Goodbye. Mwah. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Paige. Uh, if you like my voice, you can hear it other places like RRTP, Romancing the Pot. Uh, and uh, Horror Virgin, special thanks to everyone who came out to Horror Virgin Live. We literally packed out all of the main room with the exception of the side places that have terrible vision. Yeah, you don't want to sit there anyway. The I'm not you just don't want to sit there anyway. I'm not just saying this because I'm a friend of yours. We both know flappers. Ain't <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. want to sit there. Nobody want to sit there. Uh, and apologies because the hot water <laughs> heater exploded the day of the show. So they couldn't have any food or drinks, Armando. I'm so, like, I was so sad. I was so devastated. I was so sorry. Uh, we'll have to do it an- another time again to have lasagna. But thank you everyone who came out the show was so fun thank you to everybody who made me tiny amigurumi ghosts uh and made us bracelets with like all of our weird inside jokes to hand out to people i ended up with a ton of them my sister got a bone bat one i was like damn did you trade for that she's like no i just got it um it was so incredibly fun can't wait to do something like that again uh, and if you want to follow for upcoming show dates, cause there will be a few more through the rest of the year, Instagram is the best place to find that that's at rampage Wesley on Instagram and on TikTok. I finally posted a ton of stuff on TikTok. So at rampage Wesley on TikTok, follow there. There's a ton of roast clips up and I'll be putting some stand up clips up later this week. Um, other than that, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and coming to live shows. I love you. Bye. Uh, two things. One, for sure, go uh, uh, watch Paige's TikToks. They pop up all the time on my feed, and I love them every time. You are <laughs> oh, thank you. so good at roasting, and it is my favorite <laughs> thing to watch. So It's finally getting views and stuff. I've had roast stuff up for a long time that just like nothing, and then overnight it was like 10,000 views. I was like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah. TikToks. Fine. TikTok's a weird motherfucker. Also, uh, I love the difference in the stuff that people will bring me uh, versus the stuff that people bring you, Todd and Mikey. <laughs> because you were like, "Fair, thanks, thanks so much to, for coming out and for giving me this cute handmade thing. It's so adorable. Oh my god, I got so many adorable stuff last oh. night at the show. Somebody came up to me and they went, "I got, I got drugs. I have hard drugs <laughs> right now for you. Do you want them?" Armando, I have something to tell you that I totally forgot about until this moment. Someone sent you something at the P.O. box, which because you haven't been in California. And so we opened it because it was like falling out of the packaging and it's a rubber band gun. And I have it for you. The look on your face is worth it. So, yes, uh, I will bring it to you the next time I see you. (laughs) And it's like a wood one, too. It's really nice. Jake was like, can we keep it? I was like, technically, no. (laughs) That's a fair question, and I would have asked the same thing. Game recognized game, Jake. Damn. I ain't even mad at that. 
but holy <laughs> shit that's awesome oh that's so cool oh fuck hell yeah see this is what i'm talking about people bring me things to destroy my life and the life of those around me <laughs> yeah yeah i get things like like really cool horror earrings and fiber arts and ghosts and yeah it, by, i was very happy by the way not complaining at all i don't want anyone to know <laughs> if I anyone am. could have seen your face when i was like it's a rubber band gun they would have known it was not complaints it would yeah. have been like let's Buy him all rubber band guns from now on. It was like the happy version of the scream mask. It was just <laughs> very pleased. Um, yeah, last night I got to sign someone's lighter, and that was cool as hell. <laughs> oh, that is punk as fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you to anyone who comes out to these things. I swear to God, like, one, I love performing, but also, two, it's just so nice to meet y'all. Y'all are always so nice and so cool. And that is uh, very, very kind. And I will say this again. If you uh, ever see me out and you're just like, I want to take a picture with that guy, please feel free to just come yeah, up and ask. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing anybody for this. I need to be clear about that. But sometimes I will look around and see somebody that is like, shark stalking you where they're like <laughs> they're just kind of like looking for an opportunity where they won't be bothering to come up and it's like oh that's that freaks me out but only because it hits the part of my brain where i'm like do i owe you money how much money <laughs> yeah. do I owe you? How, you a cop you have to tell me if you're a cop. yeah because i'm gonna run out of this comedy club <laughs> before you can even pull out paperwork son um so yeah never a problem thank you so much and uh hey if you want to follow us on instagram you can at colt podcast or at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send me bead bracelets a la Taylor Swift with weird cult podcast things on them, holy shit, please do. I did not understand the bracelet thing until people handed me a ton of them, and now I'm all in it. Also, any crocheted animals or people you want to send, Please do. 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, shining. the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. What's up with this bead shit? Because, okay, people be sending okay, me. Okay, let me show you. Here, a... I'll show you. All right. Uh, uh, uh. I have them on my microphone because I like them a lot. So, like, this one says them shoulders. Uh-huh. And it's got a little, a little. <laughs> a little Mike Michael Myers. Myers. Uh, this one says Bacter Arms about the movie Malignant. Mm -hmm. This one has HV Horror Virgin. Uh, this one says Burn It Down. Uh, this one just has my name. This one says Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Uh, Aaron got one that said Bone Bat. The ones I found out that went the fastest were the ones that said Watrick Pilsen, which is our name for whenever Patrick Wilson turns evil in a movie. <laughs> Uh, very creative, very fun. Are these huge, huge fans? What's the Taylor Swift aspect of it? So apparently, people were making them for her concerts, but I'm not a Swifty, so I don't understand this. Oh. I just saw a bunch of people doing it, and then people in the Horror Virgin Facebook group were like banding together to like, we're all gonna do it at the show, and I was like, all right, do whatever you're gonna do. And then they were so fucking cool that I was like, damn, I hey, I could have encouraged this more, I guess. Wow. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm not a big Taylor fan, but I'm a big Travis Belsey fan. Uh, <laughs> 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 What's funny to me is that if your page, you saw the clear sign of me opening up a tab and typing in Taylor Swift football boyfriend. It's just, Travis Kelsey, I believe. Yeah. Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> 
I just know he got nice shoulders. I get it. I hey, fucking shoulder get drop some. or what? Get some girl. I uh, there's that weird skinny racist guy. <laughs> always, um. Although who knows, he might be a buff, big shoulder racist guy. That's you not never fun. Know he does play for the Chiefs. Oh so. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, you know. My point was that people have also this year handed me a lot of those like bead bracelets, and I didn't know uh-huh. it was a, a Swifty thing. That's really funny. Well, I think that's kind of where it started, and then now people just do it for all fandoms, and I'm kind of on board for that because I think they're very fun. I think it's cool as fuck. Every time somebody hands me a bracelet, I almost snap it by putting it on my giant fucking elephant <laughs> trunk wrist. I was worried I would too, but all of mine fit perfectly. Good job, listeners. Good job. They know. They know. They know. All right. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say this earlier, but if you're looking for other things to send us, send me a gun. Send me a real one. Put it in the no. mail. Put your name on it. Don't do that. Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Um, Don't do it. We did not. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I would say for this episode, don't drink any of the recipes you find on Fortune. (laughs) (laughs) But do drink Gushing Granny Mountain Dew. It's the best. It's like Baja Blast, but like. Baja finger blast, you know what I'm saying? And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye.